The very cynical form of networking I do is called having drinks with people. <laughs> it builds a lot of trust, it builds a lot of, uh, of good memories and can lead to some good business. This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzi. And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle. Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income. So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Money Mondays episode 032. In this episode, we attend the TBEX Bloggers Conference in Costa Brava and get some awesome insights from bloggers big and small as to why travel freedom is for them. Express ourselves in some way that matters, that lasts, to make an impact while we're here and to see things, everything that we want to experience in the one opportunity that we have to do so. So travel freedom for me is the fulfillment of that creative urge to go to the limits of our curiosity and creativity and turn ourselves inside out to better understand ourselves through the world. We also ask some of the most successful bloggers at the conference for their top monetization blogging tips. The expert content is the number one influencer over purchase decisions over $1,000. So brands are looking for expert content creators that can exert that influence. Good afternoon, good evening, how are you going? Hello everybody, hello from Barcelona. Oh yes, we're in Barcelona, one of our favorite cities in the world. I know, it's been like Four, five years since we've been here last. Way too long. Way too long. That is too long in between visiting Barcelona. But we're back. We are, have been eating. We have been drinking. And, you know, because that, that's what you do in Barcelona. That is what you do. We've done a traditional Spanish lunch. We did. Today, actually, we walked around and we were getting really shitty, actually, because we couldn't find somewhere to have lunch and we were like where do we eat i'm so hungry oh my god i'm so hungry where do we eat and we finally just found this little place and we we're like that's full of spaniards or catalonians we should say catalonians they do not like being called Spanish. no sorry this so, is catalonia this is catalonia so it was full of catalonians and we walked in there and we asked for a menu and they were like piss off we don't have a menu you, you get what you get you get what we have we have a men a set menu so you know first is gazpacho or lentils or vegetables you know some sort of cold soup usually seconds you can choose between beef lamb pork and then thirds you know you get dessert and a coffee whatever you and get, all of that comes get. with wine oh we got a lot of wine yeah they give you actually like a whole bottle of wine we got a bottle and a half well it's because they wanted to be friends with us well maybe it was or maybe it's just because from what i've heard you literally, you get what you need to have a nice lunch. Yeah. To set price at these places, unlike all the touristy places where you want another glass of wine, that's another three euros. These places, it's like, ah, you pay your full price he and was, you get your meal and that's it. Well, because the guy who was serving us was the guy whose name was over the door. No, that was his dad. Augustin yeah, yeah. was his dad, yeah, and Carlos was the guy serving us, and his dad was hanging around in the kitchen. He was very And funny. he came out every now and then and was like, Okay, you like, you like gazpacho, you like. And then he served us gazpacho and he was awesome. He was hilarious, but he liked the fact that we liked to drink. And so he shook our hands when we ordered vino tinto. Yeah. He's like, yes, good choice, good choice. <laughs> but you know, it's a family run place. If you can hear that noise in the background right now, this is what we have to deal with recording on the road. So we do apologize if there is random drilling noises, but we are in an Airbnb right now. 
Someone's drilling. Someone's drilling. Actually, we're going to apologize in general because this episode, which we're about to introduce a little bit more rather than just talking about our lunch, it was very much a live, live, live recorded sort of session with drills. Less drills in the episode coming up, more drills right now. Yeah. Drills. But... We seem to be going all out right now. Yeah, I love it. Essentially, all the guys that we've been talking to at the conference we're at this week, you heard a few clips in the intro just now, we're at the TBEX conference. Yes. And this was in Spain. And this it was is why we're cool. here. This is why we're here. We've been having a great time. But we met everybody and we were recording them in these very noisy rooms, wherever we could grab them, because there's some really big bloggers and some newer bloggers who are also awesome and giving us some tips from what they're doing. Yeah, we wanted to grab everyone and we wanted to find out what it was that they would personally getting out of the TBEX experience. Yeah. So from the veterans who had been to a few conferences, not just TBEX, but you know, been to a few conferences before, from the newbies who was the, like this was their very first yeah, conference. First we wanted to know what it was they learned from actually attending a conference like TBEX. Yeah, and hopefully the stuff that's coming up in this episode, even though it's completely random because that's what we do, it's going to be like lots of different clips of people and you go, okay, I'm getting some insights. I'm getting a feeling of what this whole thing is about. Like, why am I going to a conference? Why should I go to a conference? What's the point? Yeah. Well, you know, why did these people come for the first time? They're going to tell you. That's what this episode's about. Plus, because we did speak to some of the real big bloggers who've been to loads of conferences and been doing this for ages, they gave us some insights on like monetization, some of the tips that they'll be using to actually make more money on their blogs, some of the ways for building audiences, some of the ways for getting more out of actually coming to a conference. Because they still get things out of conferences as yeah. well. You, you can never be too big for a conference. Yeah, and we're sitting somewhere in the middle. Obviously, it's not our first time. It's not our biggest time. We're not huge, massive, crazy people. But we got stuff out of it that was different from what we got out from the first one. So this time around, we built more relationships. We were more established so we could walk in and be more confident and just, you know, talk to the major players and get stuff done. Whereas the first time around, we were there just learning, which was awesome. So, you know, it's different sorts of experiences every time you go. And I'm sure the guys who have been going to millions of conferences but still coming back, it's because they enjoy those relationships and they enjoy having the opportunity to reassert their brand. That's what they're doing. They're talking to these new bloggers who are in the industry and going, hey, you know, I've, I've been doing this for years and this is what I do. If you didn't know me about me already, then Ta-da, here it is. Bitches. And if you did know about me already, look at me. I'm a real person. I'm not some weird freak on the internet. Yes. I'm actually a human being. And that was one of the big things a lot of people did take away from this particular TBEX because there were some big names on the talking bill. There were some big Let's people. Let's say some names. They're coming up in the show. Gary yeah, Arndt. Gary Arndt. Jody Edinburgh from Legal Nobads. Yeah. Uh, Wandering Earl or Derek Barron. Derek Barron. As he's also known. Yeah. So it was all of these people. Devin Dave from the Planet D. So many people. And there are many more who we haven't mentioned. Um, also, Brett and Mary from uh, Green, Green Global, Global Travel. Travel. You realize that these people are actually just everyday normal people. And they're really cool to talk to. And they're really excited to talk to you as well. They're not some like movie star status like don't talk to me like oh my god you are like so below me do not talk to me i don't know who you are no they're all pretty cool they're really cool people and they're really easy to talk to and they really just enjoy it when you come up and say hi so you can learn some fantastic information off these people because you just walk up and say hi i'm meg what's happening you are what are you doing see it's not hard what's going you know on? your own name i it's know good. my name good it's all you need it's all you need well done as long as you can figure out your own name you're off to a good start. Shit, well, after the amount of wine we had at lunch, I'm forgetting what my name is. <laughs> they did give us a John. Little... Yeah, they did give us a little wine. I don't know my name. It was good. Why don't I know my name? 
And then we went for sunshine beers after oh, the sunshine beers. It had to be done. It's Two Barcelona. euro beers. Mm -hmm. Hello, Barcelona. Good job. Yeah, good job. Pricey Barcelona. nice. Mm -hmm. Pricey nicey. Pricey nicey. Pricey nicey. All right, well, there you go. So that's what's going on. This episode is going to be completely out of format from the usual shit that we do. This is just lots of really cool insights and clips from all the people we met. We've got a little mini interview with uh, Jaume Marin from Costa Brava Tourism. That's going to be in the middle of the episode. He just tells us some really cool stuff about why they work with bloggers, because not every tourist authority works with travel bloggers. If you're not a travel blogger, it's all right. You're still going to get some cool insights into why people work with bloggers, even if it's not specifically travel. Totally. Yeah, it's just, you know, blogging's a new thing. We all know this is a new thing. Everyone's doing it, but it's still so new that companies still don't understand why it's important. And yet we are out there with some of the other guys trying to figure it out and make it work. Okay, let's get into some of the live stuff. G'day, I'm Craig Martin. Uh, I'm a Kiwi who's been traveling around the world full-time since 2006, and I run a couple of businesses remotely. And uh, Indie Travel Podcast, which people may know you for. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Linda and I run Indie Travel Podcast. That's been running since, well, since 2006, actually. And just about to do a relaunch in quarter three this year as we start to travel again after a year's break while Linda's been doing a master's program. I'm Brett Love, and this is... Mary Gabbett. And we're from Green Global Travel and Green Travel Media. Yeah, that's right. You guys just started the, the whole big media thing recently. Mm -hmm. How's that going for you? It's going exceptionally well. We have a couple of big clients already, and we're negotiating with quite a few more uh, here at TBEX. So um, things are looking good. My name is Derek Barron from uh, WanderingEarl.com. Hi, I'm Jody from Legal Nomads. My name is Greg Snell. I'm a Canadian from Toronto, and I run an adventure travel blog entitled Greg Goes Global. Yeah, I'm Kerwin McKenzie, webcastweather.com, blogging to airline staff. Hi, I'm Linda from the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Cool, I'm Nathaniel Boyle. I have the Daily Travel Podcast. It was the first and only daily podcast about travel, how and why people have made it a part of their lives. Recently, it's moved to a, a weekly model, and we're doing sort of an exploration of curiosity and creativity. Why people go places, and they come so sort of infected with this love of a place that it makes them express this infatuation in some artful way. And it's been a lot of fun to kind of move the show into this new story realm, I guess. Okay, so what is your top monetization tip for either a podcast or a blog? Ooh, really interesting. So I guess it would be don't wait to like in travel in particular don't wait for like enormous numbers like just put yourself out there there are not a lot of travel podcasts there are no brands working with travel podcasters right now it's our opportunity right now to define yeah you, you keep trying right but it's our opportunity right now to define the landscape by putting ourselves out there and trying what works so I would just say throw darts against the wall as soon as you feel confident approaching someone don't wait for your numbers to give you the confidence to do so well there's two sides to it I mean one is making money the best thing you can do is get repeat clients so if you look at something like affiliates ask yourself how much do I need to sell to make a thousand dollars off this and if you have to sell 20,000 of them and you get 5,000 visitors a month you're never gonna make any money right but a lot of people miss that logic they just go hey I have to do affiliate sales great so thinking about that kind of thing what will it take me to make a thousand dollars and then is that amount of time and investment 
aren't ever going to work. So yeah, repeat customers is a great way to do that where you put people on retainer to have similar amount, similar level of service every month. On the flip side, in terms of business optimization, don't do stuff you're bad at, right? So uh, I run a company called Performance Foundry where we do uh, website and digital strategy kind of design and development. And we often hear from people that say, I spent eight hours trying to do this thing on my website and I can't. Like, well, you could have paid us a couple of hundred bucks, saved yourself a lot of stress and been able to actually do something worthwhile with your time. Yeah, we feel like that all the time because <laughs> we waste so much time trying to fix WordPress and it drives us mad. And I'm sure we're not the only people having that problem because that's why businesses like yours seem to be doing so well at the moment. Yeah, well, you know, WordPress runs uh, just a little bit under 30% of the internet right now. Yeah. So while it's more user-friendly than a lot of other management systems, it's still a complex beast that can do a lot. And if you have uh, cheap hosting with no support network, with nothing around it, of course you're going to spend time mucking around with it. So the question is, is that time well spent or are you better off throwing some money at it and building a business? It's kind of what we were talking about earlier about using your content to build a reputation as an expert authority on a given topic, owning your brand and owning your niche, and then using that to sell it to companies who need expert content. I mean, we've been doing a lot of studies of the travel business and basically expert content is the number one influencer over purchase decisions over $1,000. So brands are looking for expert content creators that can exert that influence. And so using your content to build that is our advice. Uh, be so friends with Gary Arndt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm giving a whole seminar on monetization as an alternative way of looking at your business, um, meaning instead of monetizing your blog itself, looking at other income streams that are available to you. And so the top tip I could give is to spend most of your time before you even think about monetization to cultivate a really thriving um, and excited community about the kinds of things that you're passionate about. Because without a community, you can't monetize much. Uh, you can't. You can't hug. You can't hug a cloud, as they say. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that your first step in whatever monetization game you want to play. And there's many different ways uh, to do so in our business to really focus on building that community first. For me, in my case, in my opinion, I focused on my strengths and what my readers, the community that I built over three and a half years of travel blogging and traveling around, uh, what they wanted to see. And for me, that was photography. So I realized that was one of my strengths. I packaged up the value and started pitching it to sponsors, to destinations, to individual businesses and local operators. And yeah, grew relationships with the ones who were interested and was able to make money from it. A really good way to grow your blog is become an expert in your field. Just keep giving content and um, just letting people know that you're the expert and that will actually grow your blog because people start forwarding your information. Building authority. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, very. So as we're here at the TBEX conference, maybe you can give us one of your top tips for people coming to conferences that will help them get the most out of the experience. For me, networking is all about two things. How many people enjoy your company and do they know what you do? And if you can grow that group of people that enjoy you as a person and know what you do and what problems you're solving for uh, other people and other businesses, then you're making progress at every event you go to. People like doing business with people, and so when you have a problem, you go, who can solve this for me? If it's someone that you enjoyed having a beer with or uh, you know, going for a walk or catching up between a session, they're going to be your first point of contact, eh? 
Yeah, once you know them and you like them, you're going to want to work with them much more than someone you've never spent time with, I think. That's right. It's about building trust and building uh, kind of positive touchstones. The very cynical form of networking I do is called having drinks with people. <laughs> it builds a lot of trust. It builds a lot of, uh, of good memories and can lead to some good business. Yeah, I think everyone listening to this show actually knows we're big fans of having drinks with people. So <laughs> uh, this is good advice that we can continually recommend in every episode. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I was, I was on target yes. for, the, uh, for the audience listening. You have met the correct <laughs> demographic perfectly. Top tip for getting the most out of attending a conference would definitely be doing your research and preparation. Watch your alcoholic consumption so that you are, you know, here it's great to have fun and network and that's a big part of it, but also being able to focus on the business at hand and represent yourself as a professional. You know, you can establish yourself as an expert authority with your content, but then if you seem like a drunken moron when they talk to you face to face, nobody's going to want to hire you. We want to be hired so be professional I think I mean the sessions are interesting and they're always great it's, it's fascinating to see what everyone's doing with their with their businesses but I think the primary benefit to me over the years from attending different TBEX TBEXI TBEXs I don't know what the plural is <laughs> is the people you meet and their connections I've made that are real connections just chatting not pitching them but having a great conversation for someone that years later I'm doing something and I think, oh, that person I met would be a great fit for what I'm doing and vice versa. And it's been great to, uh, to meet these people and then find opportunities to work together based on that human connection, which of course is something you don't get just online. And I think it's, it's really important no matter what you do to have some FaceTime and, and obviously industries differ, but ours is primarily an online industry and, and part of the fun is putting faces to names that you've heard and seen and talked to. And, the times where someone looks nothing like their avatar and you're confused. But there are other times when they look exactly like who they, you expected them to be. And then you form a great friendship too. And that's something that's great for me too. Having started at TVX in 2010 in New York, that was the first one I attended, right when I was still on Blogger, I think. I was like, what is a WordPress blog? Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and then... And then now being here and getting to sort of reunite with some of those people that I connected with there and, and I've had the benefit of spending time with over the years since. So it's both a, a great place to make friendships and then, of course, help each other in your businesses to the extent that you can. Key tip for conferences is just talk to everyone you meet. Introduce yourself, say hello, and uh, don't expect to build a relationship right there, but it's the start of the relationship. So just say hello. I'd say be prepared. Know what you want before you go and then go for it but also be relaxed and just be open to opportunities from this conference what has been your biggest takeaway what has been the most exciting or inspiring thing you've learned from coming here I went to a really good um, meeting or session I went to a really good session seminar seminar or? I should know what the word is by now I've been to so many of these conferences I went to a really good session about uh, research and so I'm quite inspired to do more research before I before I go to a place and also after I get back from a place and before I'm writing an article or preparing a podcast. So it's all been about research and preparation for you, really, this whole conference that's experience. That's definitely the theme, yeah. I wouldn't have thought so, but there it is. Make personal connections with people. So, for example, Tom, craft beer. Like, we mm -hmm. have this in common. I just had an amazing Spanish craft beer that I picked up in Barcelona. It was named after the neighborhood I was staying in. It was hyper-local, and it was the best beer I've had on this trip. I wish that you had come up to me 10 minutes earlier, you could have tried it. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> but really, it's like, it's not necessarily about the business relationships. I mean, it is, but business relationships are better born from friendship, and friendships built on mutual interest. So connect with somebody about something that you both like, and then see 
if this is someone you like that you would want to work with, if they are somebody that you would want to work with, then begin to nurture that relationship. Ask them, you know, how can we do something in the future? And go from there. I found that my best relationships are the people that I, especially at TBEX or whatever, like go on an excursion with and spend some real time with. We have an amazing opportunity in travel conferences to have life-changing experiences with other people. And when you do that, you never forget that person, even if you're just hanging out with them for one day, right? I think that happens when you're traveling just in general. So I guess that's my thing is find people that you have mutual interests and, and connect with them in that way. Yeah, you want to work with people who are interesting, not yeah. just business related. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're doing this to enjoy ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Otherwise, go back to work and work in an office somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Actually, at this conference, we ran into someone who we couch surfed with in the middle of China. Randomly. Randomly couch surfed, and then she had gone to Toronto TBEX and had yeah. sort of spoken about it, and we'd never been to TBEX before. And then I get this tech, uh, this tweet, like, OMFG, I just saw you're in Lorette. I get there tomorrow. What? I can't believe I'm going to see what? you. Yeah. What? <laughs> it happens. This is the crazy world The of world travel. is tiny. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's really nice about TBEX is, is, is that you do get to, like, I have friends here that I only see when I come to these conferences. And I've only hung out with some of these people, and I've now hung out with them in Mexico, Greece, and Spain. And otherwise, we've never seen each other, but we've gotten to travel together. What is the strangest thing that has ever happened to you whilst traveling? I would say probably the single strangest was when we were in the Dana Biosphere Reserve, or it may be Dana Biosphere Reserve in Jordan a couple of years ago. We weren't uh, really sure what we were doing, but it was a 14-kilometer hike through the middle of the desert on a hot, sunny day. And we stopped to have uh, lunch with a uh, Bedouin, that, uh, our guide. I knew in the middle of the desert and as we got back up to start our hike again he got stung by a death stalker scorpion and he started sucking the poison out and sort of cursing in Arabic and his arm was swelling up and freaking out a little bit and we were like seven kilometers from anything so we didn't know are we gonna have to get this guy medevaced out or whatever but it turned out the Bedouin mothers will put these scorpions in the fire and burn them and then put the ashes in their milk so that the children grow up with a resistance to the toxins that are in the death stalker's poison. So after a couple of hours, he was actually okay. And then towards the end of the hike, we ran upon a random camel in the middle of the desert and he chased us both until our guide threw a rock at him. <laughs> they are grumpy bastards. <laughs> <laughs> So that was memorable. I was in Thailand several years ago, and I got an email from this. <laughs> Are you not allowed to tell woman. this story? <laughs> and she was like, "Soup, soup, let's have soup or something." <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been weird because she's been like stalking me ever since. <laughs> I knew that's why I made that face. I knew that Gary would talk about the time we met in Bangkok. I don't think I gave you soup. I think we had coffee in some like weird mall. Pretty much. We just so you've got a soup stalker? Is that what we're talking about? I mean, the soup is separate from the stocking, is what he's trying to say. Oh, well, that's good. It'd be odd to stalk someone with soup. Follow you, you just follow you around. Have my soup. That would work. That'd be like the best of the stalkers I, that I can ask I've for. I've actually always wanted Yes, to feed me all of your soup. <laughs> Every time you're like, you're in a shop trying to try on some clothes. <laughs> Pops and out with a soup somewhere. You open the curtains, go in the changing room, and there's someone no, with soup. I had a stalker, and I was trying to just do my laundry. It's just like, you can keep a t-shirt or some underwear and that's your payment. <laughs> okay. And they would be cool with that because they're a stalker. And they can add that to their little that's collection of fingernail do. clippings and cut hair. And 
Carrie's thought this through on that. And I, I think I, we should I, get I've given this a lot of thought. Yes, I agree. And I'm taking positions right now. I was listening to this for stalker. So <laughs> <laughs> send your resumes, your previous stalking experience. Yes. <laughs> References and whatnot. The problem is, for, for what I do, it'd be really, if someone were to stalk me, that'd take a lot of effort. I'd really respect that. Like, if they yeah. got plane tickets and were flying me around the world, I'd just be like, I got a stalker once. <laughs> yeah, I did a tweet and this guy started stalking me. And um, yeah, it was it was kind of fun, but eventually he stopped. So he was following you from country to country, or something. Uh, no, uh, he saw where I was staying, and he was like, "Well, can I take you out?" And I go, "No." <laughs> but I think he meant well. But I was in the, I was there. Actually, I was here in Spain, yeah. and I didn't know this person, so I was like, "No, it's okay. I'm good." <laughs> <laughs> Strangest ever. Oh my god, I've had some really weird ones. Um, <laughs> You must choose one. I know. You must choose. This, I hate to, Oh, man. When I was on the Trans-Siberian, going across the middle of nowhere in, in Siberia, it was me, this British guy, and this Australian guy that we had met up at the beginning of the trip, and we kind of got to know each other, because we were sharing a, a four-bunk-bed room, and it was the three of us in one empty bunk bed. So we had this revolving door of, like, just Siberian men and Russian men. It was always men. And they would always come in, and they would show up in, like, tracksuits or leather jackets or like white beaters and and uh, gold chains and slipped back hair and it would be like who is this guy and they might just come in and pass right out but the, like the second you started in engaging with them they would just like explode with warmth and they'd be like oh my god here's a bottle of vodka and let me play for you a, a slideshow of of photos and music from back home and it's i'm just sitting there like drinking vodka and watching this guy's siberian music slideshow and i'm like this is the weirdest thing in the world but it's also just so like warm and amazing. It's kind of weird in the good way. It's yeah. kind of in the mushy, warm way. And uh, I don't know, that just came to mind as kind of a really, because it kept happening. And I think the fact that it was repetitive was, yeah. was also equally weird. My final question to you is obviously as someone who's traveled full time and still travels regularly, what is it that keeps people coming back to travel? I don't know if I can answer for the whole world. For I, you. <laughs> I, know, I know for me, it's an addiction to new things. I don't, I'm not flighty. I don't get bored easily, but I do get energized by the new, by the different. And so I'm constantly after new sights, new sounds, new things, new ways to not be able to buy a bus ticket, um, new problems with hotels. But uh, yeah, no, it's that addiction to the new and getting new and different stimulus that keeps me on the road. I think for me, it's about, you know, just the basic thing of wanting to explore the world, but also in the process of that exploration, learning things about different people, different places, different cultures, different ecosystems in a way that enhances my understanding of the world and my place in it. You know, that really resonates with me. And I feel like knowledge and understanding is growth. And the more you learn and the more you change and evolve, I think it fights aging and keeps you young. One very specific reason, and it's all about the people that I meet along the way. I would totally have stopped traveling after a short period of time. Uh, there's lots of great sites out there, lots of great things to see and do, but at the end of the day, if it wasn't for the people that I've met in all these countries and the amazing interactions I've had, the amazing opportunities that have come my way as a result of meeting people, all the great things I've learned from these people, new friends that I've made, like I said, I would have stopped traveling a long time ago, uh, but it's, it's just those human interactions and the people that I meet that, that keep me going for hopefully 
many more years. The reason I travel, if that's what you're asking, is, is so that I can connect to people primarily through food. It's getting the stories and understanding what drives people in different cultures to do what they do, but also seeing those similarities and writing about them so that I can help people want to go places that they may have been otherwise a little afraid to go. So to me, travel involves like trying to demystify it for people who might not think of going somewhere different. Um, but it's turned into a business, of course, more so than it did before. For me, it just means being able to go where you want, when you want. Um, I'm not really big into working for other people or having a schedule or being told what to do. And I just like being knowing that if I want to, I can go anywhere. I guess I was never really suited for the office job. I started in tourism at 15, 16 years old, working as an assistant hiking guide in British Columbia. I mean, it's like... It's always just sort of been a part of, of what I do, and I'm really just afraid of the real job. I'm trying to avoid, <laughs> yeah. you know, sitting in an office and having the nine to five. And finding consistency can be daunting, and sometimes, you know, can create anxiety. And it's important to to have a base. And but freedom is the ultimate goal for a lot of people, and happiness for sure. Basing your your life and your goals around happiness and freedom is is how I embody travel. So that's what I try and do on a day to day basis. I want to be able to go wherever I want whenever I want and I also want to be able to help people and uh, the only way to kind of do that is to just pick up and do it when you can. So I've been kind of exploring lives of travel for the past year how and why people have made travel a bigger component in the, of their lives and people do it in so many different ways so I think it's just about fulfilling satisfying that urge that I think we have to see the world and express ourselves in some way that matters that lasts to make an impact while we're here and to see things everything that we want to experience in the one opportunity that we have to do so. So travel, I guess, freedom for me is the fulfillment of that creative urge to go to the limits of our curiosity and creativity and turn ourselves inside out to better understand ourselves through the world. As we promised at the top of the episode, we're going to have a chat with Jaume Marin, who was organizing this entire conference for everyone and getting us lots of cool stuff Yes, he is from the Costa Brava Tourism Board, so he is the man of Costa Brava. Not only is he known for his fantastic work that he does with bloggers, but he is also known for his fantastic footwear. Yes, no shoes in this particular podcast, as of course we do not have a visual medium, but you Still. ask anybody, they're like, what shoes is Jama wearing? Very brightly colored ones. Yeah, he loves his shoes, and everybody loves to find out what shoes he's wearing. It's, I don't know, it's this reoccurring thing. Still, no shoes in this interview, but let's have a chat with Jama. We've got a couple of questions about why Costa Brava works so much with bloggers. How come this strategy has become so important to your tourism board? Because I think it's a win-to-win relationship. I mean, for us, we realized, uh, like, now it's five years ago when we started working with bloggers. We were one of the pioneers in Spain and in Europe. As we realized that people trust more bloggers, and especially travel bloggers, talking about destinations, than the, the own destination, that they own DMO. So we said our objective is to create as much as possible quality and relevant content through the bloggers and not creating anything from, from our side. So this was our strategy four years ago. We started, we learned a lot in this time. We brought now more than 700 bloggers in the region in different blog trips from different kinds of bloggers. Started with travel bloggers, we then with bank wine bloggers. We did, and we are doing a very big effort with mommy bloggers and parents blogging. So we learned and I think we created some good content and they created some good content. But the most important thing, we created engagement with some of the best bloggers and some of the bloggers. So that's our aim at the end of it. Yes, 
So the strategy is definitely working for you. Are you kicking the ass of some of the other DMOs in Europe? We are very small DMO. We are very small, so we cannot kick many asses, <laughs> but we are doing things quick which I think now is better than doing things big. And we are doing our work. We are very happy with, with the results. I don't know what the others are doing, but I think we, in our side, we are doing well. So if we had some bloggers out there that were interested in working with your tourism board, what sort of pitch do you look for? Like, what is it that grabs your attention from a blogger? The first thing, there has to be an interesting pitch. What, what I mean with that, they have to know what is Costa Brava. They have to know what we have to offer. They have to do a little bit of research before doing look I'm a blogger I would like to come to the Roger region this is a wish not a pitch so this is a bit different if you want to do a pitch you have to do a research what we're doing which is the, our projects we're doing for nature this year or we're doing for festivals and all that and then approach or for families and then approach us in this side so we are looking for someone that first has uh, aligned with our brand so it has something that we feel comfortable working with together. And then we'll come all, of course, we look at the numbers, but the numbers are not the most important thing for us, to be honest, because we think about the quality of the content that they can provide, how we can work with them, and what possibilities we have to work with people that we are very interested in and similar to our brand and our values. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's great information for someone just starting out wanting to pitch any DMO or especially Costa Brava. Okay, as we said right at the start of this episode, it's not all about the established people. We got some guys who are sort of getting in there, they're starting to make some waves, or maybe it's even just their first time and they're really new to travel blogging. But we wanted to get some insights from people who just turned up and were sort of like, you know, what the fuck's going on with TBEX? What's happening? What have I got out of this? Yeah, so these are people that you may possibly be able to relate to if you've never been to a conference yourself. So have a listen to what they have to say and think if it's something that, you know, you might find beneficial if you go to a conference in the future. Yeah, let's do it. My name is Adrian Ann and I'm with Adrian's Travel Tales and the number one most important thing that I've learned at TBEX is to be confident in yourself to start those relationships that will make your blog and your life even better. This is Sean with the Venturist.net blog, travel blog. It's always about meeting all the people. We travel all the time so you just don't get to meet like-minded people and here's a room full of four to five hundred people who do the same thing that you do or kind of understand or get it and most people just don't get it. So that's the big thing. But again, there are little pieces that you can pull out of even the weirdest presentation and that really impact you and you think, how can I make this work for me? I'm Alyssa at Alyssa Abroad. And what I learned at TBEX, this is my first TBEX, what I learned is to remember to be true to yourself and know who you're writing for, even if it's just your mom. I am Corinne Vale from Reflections and Route. And I think that the one thing that I've taken from TBEX this time is build those relationships chips build them high and build them long <laughs> nice and easy hey hi uh, my name is Daphne I'm uh, the founder of nomadmoiselle.com why have you not gone back to regular life why okay. is this still uh, for so you I, know, I mean like when I was uh, in India the first time I traveled to India because I was looking for just seeing something different being very like challenged in like living something really hard and like different from what you use and I was working I was not working actually I was blogging with WordPress so started just starting to blog like little travel blog in Goa with my 3G and my iPad my 3G SIM card and I was like with the beach with my iPad and that was like sure there's a way I can win money from doing this because if I'm connected to the internet most of the job today 
you need internet to be able to do your job, whatever you work in an office or not. So I'm sure I can work from my computer yeah, and then continue travel because you always have most of the people they, they save for six months then they leave six months and then they come back because they have no money and they work again, which is really like, annoying. I don't want yeah. to have to always coming back. I want to be able to like go whatever I want. So uh, real freedom. Yeah, real freedom. And you don't see yourself going back to traditional living. And most of my people are telling me, oh, you know, definitely this is just like right now we want to travel, but one day we want to settle down somewhere and have a family and everything. I want a family, but I don't necessarily want to settle down in a place forever. Like you can move with your family or you can decide to have a different lifestyle. And yeah, so I think that I would maybe able to settle down somewhere for a year or two because I just wish to be there, but it might not be my hometown. Maybe like Berlin, maybe like China, you know, you never know. So I just want to have the freedom to not to have to ask anyone when I want to be in another country because I'm from a really cold country. And in the winter, sometimes I just wish to have a little bit more sun. I don't want to have to ask my boss that, oh, can I take vacation? I just go there and work from Mexico and fly to Carmen and then work from there until I feel better and then I can come back. Hi, my name is Tara from hippiehitstheroad.com. And my main takeaway from TEBEX was to be myself, to do what I want, when I want, with whomever I want, because that's why I started this in the first place. <laughs> there could be some uh, slightly rude connotations <laughs> to that, but... Oh boy, that's but, okay. <laughs> That's good. I like it. I like it. Hi, I'm Jennifer from Sidewalk Safari. And other than meeting just like-minded people at TBEX, which is very inspiring, it's all about the visual engaging content and building more of that. Hi, my name is Manuk from Bunch of Backpackers. For me, the most inspiring thing was just meeting about 800 other travel bloggers, all being very passionate about what they do, about their travels, about their blog. And also the lectures were quite motivational and informational. So yeah, I definitely go home with a lot of new things to try out. Uh, hi, here is Natalie Duke from loveandbro.com and for me the most important thing I learned in this TBEX was that we have to look to our blog and travel writing as a business so we have to plan for the future. We have to think in long terms. I know everybody needs money, we have to pay the bills but we have to plan it as a business. We have to look to the future, to build our brand, to work for it, to have like a really really nice business for a long long time. Hello, my name's Sally from sallyaroundtheworld.com. Been at TBEX this weekend has reinforced the theory that it's not going to happen overnight but if I work hard enough at my blog it will be successful. My name is Samantha Hussey and my blog is thewanderingwanderluster.com. This was my first TBEX and the thing I took away the most was how to pitch to a brand. How do you get a brand to work with you? What is the best style of email? What exactly do brands look for when you're pitching? The session I attended was really useful for this especially since my blog is developed and I think this is really the best thing that I took away. Hi, I'm Scott Petoff from Booking Counts and Vacation Counts. And the most important thing to learn at TBEX is that there's a difference between PR and advertising. And when a travel brand, let's say a hotel or a tour operator or a destination gets in touch with you with newsworthy PR, you're not likely to pay for that coverage, but you still might want to spread the word about new travel opportunities to your readers. Hi, my name is Steve. My blog is called back-packer.org. And the most valuable lesson I've learned here, which is actually a continuous lesson or takeaway, is that you should always listen to your readers and uh, because your readers can give you a lot of inspiration of future products, future ways of monetizing your content. Hi, my name's Dave from traveldave.co.uk. Maybe you could give us some of your top monetization strategies that you personally use to make money on your blog. The main focus for my uh, revenue is definitely ebooks, uh, creating a product, putting it on the Kindle and just watching the money come in once it's published. And do you have a 
promotion strategy for this? The thing with Amazon is it's kind of internally, like Google works with SEO, Amazon has its own in-house SEO, so that's how you work. Just work all within Amazon to get your ebook doing well. Okay, so you SEO everything. When you write the book, you decide the title based on keywords? Yes. Amazon pages have 1,400 words, so use all of it. Don't do four bullet points. Explain your book. Sell the story. Use the space. As location-independent people, we want to know what does travel freedom feel like to you? It's the best thing I've ever done. I'm so happy I packed my bags when I was 15, just book a cheap flight, get out there, and you just learn as you go. But you just have to take that step to just jump, do it, get your fear over with, and just get out there and see the world. I'm Vera Bianca, and I write a Finnish travel blog, which is called Originally Enough Vera Bianca. And this is my first CVX, so it's been very exciting. And I guess my main takeaway is that I can really say that I work in the right industry, the industry that I really am passionate for, and that I don't need to stress about learning everything about SEO, building my social media, that it all grows with sharing what I love to do. I'm Veronica Montanga from viajandoport.com, V-I-A-J-A-N-D-O.com. And the best thing I take from TVX is two years ago when TVX was celebrating in Girona, I feel like uh, bloggers in Spain were really behind American bloggers. And now I appreciate that we have grown up a lot and we are like almost in the same path. And also, I learned a lot of things from great people, like they're doing good business with their blogs. And, you know, I really like to know you're doing well, like you're doing, like everybody thinks it's okay. So that's why I mainly go to TVX. My name is Julia. My blog is MissTourist.com. And what I liked the most about my TVX conference, was, which was my first experience ever in a bloggers conference, was meeting these people that were I was following in the online life, seeing that they're real, they're really down-to-earth people and I got really inspired actually talking with them getting some insights from them and I understood that it's possible to be um, to be like them I mean to to get some success from vlogging I got super inspired Okay, it's almost the end of the show, so you know what time it is. It is time for your travel homework. So the question is, are we really sober enough to give any travel homework advice? Probably not, but what we want you to do is just have a bit of a look around at what conferences are near you. It doesn't have to be a big one. There are many little conferences out there that are just almost like just get-togethers of local bloggers. Yeah, one of our friends, Adrian, who you heard at one of the clips earlier in the little section just now, she was actually talking at the Women's Empowerment thing in North America, which I don't in, know the name of. It was in Boston. It was in Boston. Yes, it was a, uh, it was a women... Actually, we solo female travelers. Yeah, there was a promoting solo female travelers, and it was a talk in Boston. We also know a very good friend of ours, Juno, from Runaway Juno, has a Asian women's empowerment conference that happens around about October every year. So if you are a female and you perhaps come from a, a background that um, maybe not... Well, oh, an Asian background. An Asian background. But no, it's not just Asian. It's actually just women's empowerment in general and like getting out there and being entrepreneurial. There is conferences out there for every little aspect of, of what you can imagine. There's podcasting conferences. There's crafting conferences. There's... Knitting. It's yeah, probably a knitting, knitting conference. There's, there's kale conferences, yeah, I'm I sure. Don't, don't go to the kale go conference. To That's going to be shit. But the knitting conference, why not? Totally. So yeah, have a look at what's in your niche, have a look at things that you're interested in, and just go and, and get to know people who are passionate about what you're passionate about. Because it's amazing how much 
more driven you are from talking to people who love what you love. Yeah, you are going to get a lot out of it. Regardless of what financially happens, you're just going to enjoy it. Yeah, and they can give you some ideas that you never had even thought of happen. The first time we went to Tbex back last year in October, we had never thought of starting a podcast. Yeah, look what happened now. Ta-da! Stupid us, 32 yeah. episodes in. Not, don't <laughs> not say stupid. that. That's awesome. No, don't, we like. don't be negative. Oh, sorry, I'm so negative. You are. Shut up. Don't be. Shut up. No, no. I'm waiting for more drilling. You know, Where are the drills? Either. But anyway, go out there and meet people who like what you like. And then, you know, you can get more inspired to do what you do. It's good. Get out there. Do it. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast. Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. So join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income. Or for Travel Thursdays, where we'll help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget. We are waiting for your comments and feedback. So tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megzy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.